0: Hey, good day, welcome. Welcome to another episode and good that you're here. In today’s episode, I will talk to Amanda Molinar and Amanda always dreamed of a life abroad. And she managed to follow the dream. A journey that was supposed to be only for months turned out to become one and a half years of traveling. And fast forward, Amanda has lived for long periods of her life abroad. She's a former diplomat where she represented the Dutch government in Brasilia, the capital of Brazil. Good afternoon, Amanda. Hi, good afternoon, Coco. Thank you. I'm beyond excited for you to be here today. I want to wish you very welcome. Welcome to my podcast.
1: Thank
0: you. You have lived long periods of your life abroad, traveled through Latin America, represented the Dutch government as a diplomat in Brazil, and currently life coach for expat and globetrotters. This is how how you call them, right? Yes. I'm extremely curious, and I want to hear all about it. But I want to start by asking you, where are you today?
1: Today I'm at home uh, in The Hague, where I currently live. Um, I live close to the beach, and um, it's uh, the city where um, I started to live when I worked uh, for the first time as a diplomat at the ministry. Our political capital of the Netherlands is in The Hague, so I moved here, and after Bra- Brazil, I moved back because I really liked the city.
0: So you're 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 happy there? Would you say you you made the right choice? I'm pretty
1: happy here. It, things could be better, I have to admit. Um, I do miss Latin America from time to time, especially today when I was cycling through the rain, um, and I got completely soaked when a car drove past be past me. Um, so I really missed uh, the Brazilian weather. Um, but I'm overall, I'm pretty happy here. I have my friends and family close by, and I love my job, and um, everything is really convenient here. So that's really nice.
0: Good. Ah, oh, good to hear that. So. Take us with you on, on why it is that you're currently living in Den Hague and, and what got you there. Um, tell us all about your abroad adventures.
1: Sure. Well, I don't even know where to start, but maybe at the beginning. Um, I remember I when I was still at high school, I was always dreaming about leaving the Netherlands and going on long travels. And uh, but when I finished high school, I went straight to university because I got accepted for a special program um, studying law. But after a year and a half, I decided this wasn't for me. I needed to move away and and go abroad. So that was my first first adventure alone. And um, I quit my studies and then uh, bought an airplane ticket to Buenos Aires. Um, And I thought I would stay there in Latin America for about seven to nine months. But I ended up staying there for a year and a half. And I traveled all over uh, South America, except for Brazil. Um, and yeah, that was the first adventure that I uh, took. And it was so addictive, really. And since then, I've traveled so much. Um, I also did an internship in Argentina for six months. I did my master's degree in London and decided to stay there uh, and work there. So I lived there in total for two and a half years. And then eventually uh, I moved back to the Netherlands because I applied and got accepted for uh a position as a junior diplomat at the ministry in the Hague. So this is how I moved back to the Hague. Um, I worked here for about two years and then um, I got to do my first posting abroad and then moved to Brazil to work at the embassy in Brasilia, uh, which I absolutely loved. Uh, and my posting was supposed to be for two years, but they extended my stay with uh, another year. So I got three years in total, uh, the best three years of my life so far, I really have to say and um yeah then eventually i had to go back i after three years it was really over uh, and i moved back to the hague because my job was here but at that time i also already knew i was going to quit my job so you know i wasn't really <laughs> bound to the hague or anything but i really like the city as i mentioned before um it's a it's a quiet comfortable city close to the sea um so this is how i ended up here and i don't know what the future holds for me so far I really like The Hague and I think I will be based here for a little bit. I've also bought a house here, but, you know, never say never. I can see myself moving abroad again, for sure.
0: Ah, cool. Exciting. <laughs> and I hear you say when you came back from Brazil that you knew you were going to quit your job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I knew that be- before I went to Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> and I, lots of people knew that uh, as well, except for all my colleagues at the ministry. <laughs> <laughs> well they they will know by now (laughs) yeah yeah they all know by now yeah so um my first year as a diplomat when I was working at the ministry it was it was really nice I was a country desk officer for several uh, countries in Europe so basically you deal with the bilateral relationship with a certain country or more countries uh prepare visits make sure there are like uh, no bad things going on uh, the relationship is good um I was taking care of a couple of southern European countries and then a colleague of mine got sick and I got to do his uh, countries as well and it was like a more senior level position and one of the countries was the UK and then Brexit was going on so it was a super, super exciting time. Yeah, got a lot of responsibility got to travel a lot so that was really nice. Then in the second year, I got a new manager and she took away some of those countries because it was temporary after all. Um, And then I got to see a little bit more like the downsides of the ministry. And I think this is related, you know, all ministries in the world have this issue. It's not just the Dutch Ministry of Foreign Affairs, but it was very bureaucratic and slow and big. And you never have the the sole responsibility for one thing by yourself. You always have to, you know, um ask for uh you need to talk to other people if you know things are okay if you if you're allowed to do certain things you need to really have like um everyone should agree in the ministry on a certain thing so and i really started to notice that didn't really match my personality and at some point I noticed that you know I had a lot of headaches, I wasn't sleeping well, my eyes started twitching throughout the day. And I thought, hey, these are stress symptoms that I recognized from my previous job in London, but I don't feel stressed at all. In fact, I feel really bored. Um, so I went to the, the organization's doctor and he basically told me, it Looks like you have a bored out. Um, and this is when I got assigned a coach, actually. And this was the first time that I was really open about or I allowed myself to be open about what I was also dreaming of. And that was to become an entrepreneur, to help other people. And coaching wow. was one of the things I was interested in, but I had like other ideas at that time. Um, and I just knew, okay, I think my fu- my longer term future isn't with the ministry, but I am going to do this posting in Brazil and, you know, really, really enjoy it. And that's what I did. And when I moved back, I knew like,
0: okay, now it's really time to quit the job. Really, really exciting. And I mean I I can I can of course relate a lot to the adventures abroad being an expat and how how that adds value to your life really like uh, your personal development but I'm super curious because I I hear you say you know the way of working in the ministry is a certain way uh let's say being a diplomat representing you know the Dutch government in Brazil and yeah. as you know, I I support people working af- more effectively across cultures. I mean, for me, this is just mind blowing because culturally, it's a very different yeah way of working. Yeah, it is, and I'm sure your work like it could
1: be done in a, a many in many other countries because, especially as embassies, you're dealing with the cultural differences not only because you work in a different uh, culture, but also because you work with. People from that culture, because at the ministry, uh, sorry, at the embassy, we often employ local employees as well. Um yeah, so um your work, I'm sure you can have a lot of opportunities working uh, there. Um, I have to say that I mentioned like things were slow and bureaucratic, and that was more yeah. so at the ministry in The Hague, which is a really big organization,
0: mm-hmm.
1: at the embassy, you have to, you definitely have more freedom especially if the embassy is not so big like we have a few very big embassies which are like tiny ministries in a way yeah but the most of the embassies are not really big so and also if there isn't so much attention for your country at that moment you do have a lot of freedom um, you can set your own agenda and that was really fun in brazil so i do see a difference between working in the hague yeah. and working in brazil for sure
0: yeah oh good good to hear that yeah and so you you knew you wanted to get into coaching it, it uh, And then you, how did you come to the decision that you wanted to coach expats and globetrotters? How, yeah, what is driving that decision?
1: Yeah. So I knew for a while I wanted to do coaching. So when I came back, I did a, a training for nine months to become a certified coach. I thought it was really important um, to have a really decent training. And I knew also from an entrepreneur perspective, like it's really important to pick your niche. Um, And I thought, like, who do I want to coach? And then I thought, I really love to work with people who are like me, basically. (laughs) Um, People who are adventurous, international, self-reliant, independent, really want to make most uh, of life. Um, And expats really are that type, expats and globetrotters, Um, because, you know, moving abroad, as you know yourself, isn't easy. You will find yourself in many difficult situations. You will probably slip into patterns that you had at, at home as well, but abroad it could be more difficult uh, because you don't have your support network around you. You yeah. have cultural differences to deal with. Um, and yet all these people are still thriving or, you know, like doing really well in life. And it is not easy to build up a life uh, abroad every single
0: time. No, uh, no, I agree with you. No, yeah, you yeah, know, definitely. So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I really admire people like who really do that over and over again and I really like working with those qualities of these people. So, you know, the the sense of adventure, the uh, independence, the self-reliance. Yeah. So well, this is how I pick them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have to be honest that when I in 2016 moved from Singapore to Japan, I I wished that I had someone like you really. Mm. Because I, I don't know if you recognize that, but I also feel that expats have very often, especially expats that are, let's say, posted for work related reasons abroad, mm-hmm. they have some sort of a healthy doses of arrogance or let's say yeah. self-confidence, mm-hmm. um, which was definitely the case in in my posting, which is a bit of a coping mechanism, I feel as well, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but because of that, also, for me, it was very hard, for example, to, you know, recognize feeling lonely, recognize exactly how you feel mm, yeah. or you know, when you're dealing with health related issues that, you know, you're you're just shit, you know, I'm dealing yeah. all with all of this alone, basically. and and how did you deal with those things? Like what did you do? By, like, did yeah, you like many other things, I guess, in 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 that specifically that assignment. but, just get on the bus and keep on going really yeah. like just deal with it yeah. just mm-hmm. deal with it yeah
1: that's and something that I recognize from my exp- from my expert coaches yeah yeah you do
0: yeah yeah and I don't know why that is really and uh, what I'm telling everyone that I'm or whether if it's clients or friends or anyone that I know that is going to be posted abroad I always tell them like I wish someone would have told me you know Take a coach or uh, whether if it's life coaching or anything you know just to prevent yourself from uh, collapsing is a big word, but I think you understand what I mean.
1: Yeah I like to see a difference between like you can do, you can totally live your life like you'll be successful, have your job back, like you say you have this confidence and you know you'll you'll get some sort of social network again and you'll you'll perform really well at work. But maybe you're not thriving in life because these issues bother you. So I yeah. really like to make that difference between like before coaching and after coaching.
0: Oh, I um, love
1: that. I love yeah.
0: that approach. Yeah.
1: Because if you feel lonely or if you... um have to deal like I was talking to a friend yesterday and I said like life happens when you're busy living abroad like everyone thinks you're living the best life abroad like you are traveling non-stop or are always like laying on their palm trees yeah. but actually <laughs> life just continues like if bad things happen at work people get sick or people die or uh, you know breakups from relationships and Absolutely. it's really hard it's really hard to deal with those things when you're living by yourself or at least you know, far away from your loved ones in a culture Absolutely. that is totally different that also deals with these things differently. So that that is makes it definitely more difficult.
0: Absolutely. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think um, I, people envy people that are living abroad, mm-hmm. you know, and, oh, I wish I could and everything. And yes, I mean, it has brought me many, many things and zero, zero regrets still. I mean, I'm still living abroad. So, I mean... I'm super Mm. happy but it's not all uh, butterflies and sunshine really no exactly
1: no No, it's it's just
0: normal life yeah Yeah. exactly and I don't know how it is for you but
1: now you are pretty open about it you say like it's not just you know butterflies and rainbows and whatever but um, I don't know how it was for you when you were dealing with things in Japan but most of expats don't really acknowledge these things for themselves or maybe they acknowledge it very briefly but then they just go on like you said you just continue your life yeah
0: yeah i i really relate to that and i think what played a part in the beginning for me at least and maybe this super personal or something that you recognize but uh it's also certain let's say guilt or Mm -hmm. you know i shouldn't complain to my family or friends in back in the netherlands or wherever they were Um, I don't have the right to complain there was Mm. certain guilt of you know I left I decided to go for this lifestyle so who Mm. am I to yeah Yeah. to yeah complain really I don't have a better word really yeah Yeah, and it's
1: but it's it's pretty one-dimensional you know if your life always has to be amazing because it does have this amazing side to it like living abroad is fantastic absolutely I miss yeah, it. Absolutely. yeah but there are also other parts of it and if you don't accept those parts you're basically denying a part of yourself as well and and this can happen because of guilt I recognize that somewhat not so much to my family and friends back home but more to uh, when I lived in Brazil like guilt towards Brazilians like I'm living such uh, a good yeah. life yeah uh, I live in wealth basically like I have a good passport to travel with like yeah. life is really really good to me at that moment um, and most Brazilians couldn't afford that or didn't yeah. have that opportunity or didn't speak English so I felt like more guilt towards the people i
0: was working with or or i was surrounded by yeah yeah no i mean uh i can relate to that not so much in japan but uh Mm -hmm. um moving to latin america yes absolutely yeah Yeah. where Mm -hmm. you know i remember one day one day in or one year in chile where i traveled back to the netherlands for christmas and Mm -hmm. i thought there are people around me that can you know that can hardly buy a chicken for christmas to eat and i'm spending thousands of dollars to travel exactly yeah, yeah. no i i uh, uh it's 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 very very full of contrast let's put it like that yeah. the expat yeah. life yeah for how is that what you um is that what drived you or or what made you decide that this is what you want to coach on you know do you recognize those challenges or pains yourself
1: absolutely yeah I, I really recognize this and just like with you I wasn't aware of most of the things at the time it, like it took me some time to really see like oh I'm feeling this way or I'm experiencing this uh, I think I was most aware of it when I lived in Brazil and uh, more than during my yeah. other you know periods abroad Um, and my mission is really to make more space for whatever expats are feeling and going through because as we said like it's difficult sometimes to talk about it with your friends and family back home Uh, sometimes you don't even know things you aren't even aware of things yourself so I'm really on a mission to open up the space for them to really say okay hey this is okay that I'm feeling this way or it's normal to feel lonely um, because I've been through all these pains and problems and situations myself yeah. as well, and I really also miss someone to talk to, like obviously, I had my other diplomat friends and other expert friends, so that really helped um, but you know it would have been nice to go through some of those things with someone who is an expert in it as well, um that you know is part of expert life, and it's normal to expect those things so. Um, besides that, I really love working with experts as a, as a group, as a, as people, um, uh, with their, uh, traits. Um, it's also the problems I really feel like, or problems, the pains, whatever,
0: uh, I want to create more space for. I think it's a fantastic mission and I can really relate in, in, in your mission because I very often, uh very often say as well like cultural differences that have an effect in the workplace you know they're usually a tip of the iceberg of what we see you Mm -hmm. know like certain culture you know do you shake hands do you kiss on the cheek do you bow what is the physical distance when saying hello for example but you know what is under that is so much more it's so much more in terms of Mm -hmm. You know, how we look at hierarchy, how we um uh how we come to the decisions. And but we're very often, especially in organizations, we're not aware of those. So we're trying yeah. to fight symptoms yeah. without you know taking care of the cost, basically. And I, I yeah. be being an expert, I can really relate to that methodology, basically being you know, trying to fight the symptoms of loneliness, trying to fight um you know feeling guilty and so on but not really yeah. taking that space to really work on yeah. but these things are part of life part of they life. Are part
1: of life and I guess especially for you if you've lived in uh, Asia like Singapore and Japan before yeah. now Peru and and Chile like the differences must be so big in how people <laughs> deal with things of life you know the no absolutely Um, hierarchy, all these things and um, I think it does something to you as a person as well because you have to adapt every time but yeah. it's not just one culture it's like you've been switching around quite a lot so that must be difficult as well
0: yeah no absolutely and I think uh, more than that it's as an expat I think we're very often focused on okay I'm coming from let's say in your case the Netherlands moving to Brazil so I'm gonna do my research on how to adapt to Brazilians right yeah Um, and so did I when I went to Singapore. And I mean, I must say that Singapore is a very easy, uh, very easy, uh, um, well, expert for dummies, really, because it's <laughs> super expat friendly, but Japan was much more challenging. Um, but for me, it became super clear that when I was leading in Japan to uh, like I was leading a local team, but of Japanese and Koreans, I reported to an English within brackets boss but working for a Swedish company and then I thought but how am I on earth gonna read five books or or for all these cultures do my research and then do I then expect them to just adapt to me as well like what is the way of doing basically and and this is when I I I basically yeah they they almost took a toll on me really and mm. that's when I started to do yeah to do research on cultural relativity, like how do we experience each other, and how do we then, from a more holistic point of view, look into to work more effectively and embrace the cultures, yeah, because you know cultural diversity really, really, really drives innovation, yeah, not speed though. If you want to go fast, it's better to <laughs> yeah. stick with your own culture. Co- that is is true. Yeah. If you really want to go fast and you want to make super fast decisions, then I recommend you to surround yourself with high performing Dutch and then you go fast. Yeah. But when you wanna innovate or you know you wanna uh really wanna do good things, then yeah, then then culture really drives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, no, it's extremely, nice. extremely uh interesting and so when now that we're in the topic what what would you say was the cultural differences that were the most challenging for you with anywhere 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 you tell (laughs) me
1: yeah I guess Brazil was the the toughest one also because I was really like there uh on a professional basis yeah and London was also different than the Netherlands but it was easier um But Brazil, I think I really suffered uh, with the lack <laughs> of efficiency. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm really results-oriented. And um, Brazilians, I have a feeling, are more process-oriented. So they re- really stick to processes. I think I'm generalizing, but I think this is applicable to more Latin American countries. Um, and that didn't always match my drive for speed and results. And um, yeah, so I had some not super challenging situations but you know like definitely some annoyances there yeah Uh, but I learned to what was really nice like I am a person who's very fast I like to think fast talk fast and Brazil really slowed me down a little bit yeah oh yeah wow beautiful yeah I really learned to like enjoy the ride as well uh, towards my goals um and I also knew I'm a very last minute person like I you know will prepare for meetings very last minute yeah I I need deadlines to get me going and um in Brazil they always like even if things weren't working out uh, and we were nearing the end they would always say ah uh, why um like everything will be fine and vamos like we will find a way and they always found a way yeah that's <laughs> so, amazing and actually moving back to the netherlands that was maybe even a bigger culture shock because i was really still my last minute approach and like things will work out and all of a sudden i have to deal here with more bureaucratic processes yeah. not bureaucratic but more strict rules yeah. and processes and you can't just call someone and be explain your situation and get like something arranged for you it doesn't work that way <laughs> so that was really also difficult for me when I moved back like oh yeah I need to stick to oh yeah again.
0: here this doesn't work like
1: this yeah, yeah 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 no absolutely yeah oh amazing yeah, no, obviously I, I guess what you will recognize as well is that in in Brazil Latin America things like you really your network is really important so yeah. here in the Netherlands we have a lot of trust and confidence in our system and that things will work out because there are rules and everyone really trusts the rules. And I think this is also why our economy is working pretty well. Um, and in Latin America, you can't really rely so much on the system to take care of things. So you have to rely on your personal network. Yeah. Um, so I remember one of my colleagues had an issue with uh, their phone being set up. And I don't know, and like he tried calling to the... The company several times he didn't get through nothing worked and it got this really big issue because he needed his phone and then one of my colleagues said oh but i know like my cousin's best friend works at this co- company i'll just give him a call <laughs> and like two hours later like my my colleague had his phone totally working so yeah. this is how you get things done there um and especially as a of anywhere in the world but as a diplomat your network is also really important yeah but i can see that yeah in brazil it worked really well
0: yeah. yeah but I mean you you already highlighted uh, highlighted a bit, but uh, in the meanwhile, I put up the um, culture map for Brazil and the Netherlands because oh, you said I've... you said like uh, the lack of efficiency or productivity, mm-hmm. I think efficiency is the word that you use. yeah, yeah, and also the trust building and it's I wanna use it as an example because, this is the cultural relativity that I find so interesting because for you being super applications first result driven which is very Dutch it's a very Mm -hmm. Dutch approach um, you experience them as lack of efficiency you know and inefficient long processes and so on and so on but so if you experience Brazilians like that then yeah, how would you think Brazilians experience you or perceive you? Really, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Like just, I don't know how they experience me, but definitely like, um, just always on the go, always yeah. focused on the results. Yeah, uh, not caring so much about relationships and exactly you know, the way towards the goals. Yeah, exactly.
0: Not sure. being seen, no recognition. Yeah. Uh, you don't really care about me you know so yeah so this perception is 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 extremely interesting and it's Mm -hmm. true that in markets or countries where let's say systems or yeah let's say let's call them systems are less developed they they build trust through relationships this is and you know it's basically how do I know I got my money it's Yeah. A Dutch person would say, well, we signed a contract. Exactly. Basta. And in many Latin American countries, some more than others, it's because we went out for dinner, because I know your mother, because I know where you live, because I invited you for Christmas or our kids play together. Yeah. And the whole contract is just... It's a social yeah exactly it's yeah. it's yeah it is yeah extremely yeah. but interesting to hear how how you have experienced that as well yeah yeah and and i mean um how has it been for you to move back to the netherlands because for me i have been back in between yeah uh, this yeah. was so... a shit show really yeah
1: yeah it well mine was a shit show too (laughs) um uh you know people often ask me what was the hardest part of living abroad and then I always say moving back home Ah, and a lot of people a lot of expats and also people from here don't realize that moving back home is still part of expat life it's still part of that cycle cycle yeah exactly yeah And um, yeah, what was really difficult was I I had some personal really bad experiences um, because my dad died just a few weeks after I moved back. So my experience wasn't just like maybe a normal coming back home experience. Um, But I did find it really difficult um, to settle back here because I really love Brazil. I I found my spiritual or or emotional home there. I don't know. I just felt so I didn't want to move back to the Netherlands, but I had to. Um, and then, you know, I wasn't feeling at home, all these terrible things happened and it was lockdown and pandemic and whatever. Um, but a lot of people, they, it's really hard to speak about it with your friends and family who have never moved abroad. So they yeah. just expect you to be here again, to be normal again, to be the old you, but one, like you've moved abroad. So you've changed. That is already a big difference. And two, um, it is your culture but you still have to adapt to it again and if you don't get any recognition from that from the people around you even this part even when you're back home can feel very lonely um and and as for me like most of my friends live abroad because I lived abroad so much myself as well so I have some really really good friends here in the Netherlands but my most recent friends were from Brazil or from elsewhere that I met in Brazil and yeah all of a sudden you have to do it without them again. And um you have to build a whole new social network here as well. And, and th- I find it more difficult in the Netherlands than in Latin America, for example. Yeah. Even though I'm Dutch. Um so it was a difficult experience. And um I would say it was definitely
0: the hardest experience from this whole cycle of expat life. I'm I'm having goosebumps. I don't know if you can see them, oh, but, wow! Uh, <laughs> no but I mean uh, would you say that home got a different meaning to you after all your adventures abroad and and what you're doing today for sure
1: i often joke that i'm half dutch half latina <laughs> <laughs> i have a that dutch makes body, the two but... of us <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have a dutch body but a Latina soul i always say um i really found my home in latin america i just feel so at home there so and also, like, I spent some time in Ecuador, and I was just talking to some of my Ecuadorian friends yesterday. Uh, they are a family, um, pretty young family with two daughters. And I saw the daughters growing up from, like, four and six years old to now, like, they're, I don't know how old they are, but, like, one is uh, an adult already. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And... Um, they were saying like, uh, I was mentioning to them that um, my mom had passed away uh, also uh, six months ago and that it was weird not having parents anymore. And they said, but we are your Ecuadorian parents and you still oh. have us. And uh, oh, that gave me goosebumps as well. Oh, um, I can see that. Yeah. Oh,
0: my God. Yeah. No. And
1: so I really like I've met these people years ago. I only see them once every couple of years when I visit Ecuador. and But they are so much in my heart and Ecuador feels like home. Brazil feels at home, the whole continent feels at home, Um, but the Netherlands also feels at home, so I I have this, I often say like when you've lived abroad, you leave little pieces of your heart everywhere and it's wonderful living abroad, but you'll never have your heart whole again, this is the one big downside of of having lived abroad and so that is difficult for me like I always feel like I want to be in two places at the same time, this is definitely something I'm still struggling with Um, because home just has many more yeah locations for me yeah and then there's there's an other part of this what does home mean to me and that is more my I guess my emotional home so in the past few years after Brazil where I really I don't know something clicked there uh, I got also more into personal development and then I came back I did my coaching training I had you know this really difficult experiences with my parents dying and other things going on um, that I really found home is really within myself. And no matter where I go, I yeah. have me. And that just gives me so much um, calmness, really. So even though I still yeah. urge to be in d- two different places at the same time, I also feel like on a deeper level, I'm home
0: wherever I go. So yeah, home definitely got a new meaning to me in the last few years. Yeah, wow. Um, I mean, I can relate, but... Um... And for me, that felt super liberating as well. Like to be able to say, you know what? I can settle wherever I am or I can physically be wherever I want to be or wherever you want me to go, really. Uh, But I will be able to feel at home. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're in early January today and uh, I was looking back at 2022 and I said yesterday to a friend, like, I've lived in six places in 2022. Wow. <laughs> like I've lived in six places in three countries. So whatever twenty twenty three has planned for me, bring it on, really. And but yeah. I feel I have I felt at home every single second. Really. That's that's really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Some places were better than others, don't get me wrong. I mean <laughs> I'm but very you have happy to be to rely on. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah especially that. You know. And so now we're in early January, and that mm-hmm. means that uh, you are coming closer to launching something super super cool yes or at least yeah. I am your number one fan tell me yes. tell us all <laughs> about you. it
1: I'm going to launch the second round of my online course Expert life school on the first of March um, I created this course last year uh, and I launched it the first time in October and this year I'll be back with an improved version And expat life school is all about thriving in your expat life. So like we were talking before about the difference between like, you know, doing well at life and thriving. This is something I hope to give to other expats. So it's a really broad course um, because it really starts with mindset work, because I think that's so important. Like you were saying that it's so liberating knowing that you will always feel at home anywhere. And this is for a large part, it has to do with your mindset. And if your mindset isn't at the right place, your life anywhere will not be fun. So it really starts with that. But then in the course, we look at other things that are so important, like goal setting, getting closer to your dream life, because we all have dreams we secretly dream of. But, you know, we're not getting closer to them. Um, But it's also about uh, creating a life that is the best fit for you, because we all have different needs, emotional needs, physical needs. So we really look at what gives you energy, what not. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Um, like, how do you feel at home as well? Like physically, but emotionally. Uh, so we look at all these things to make sure that you really come to know yourself. So you know your needs and you so you can create whatever you need, wherever you go. You really bring that along with you along the journey. Um, so but we also look at other things like relationships. Uh, and, and the really important part that I wanted to include was what if things are not going well? Because like we mentioned at the beginning yep. of this podcast, like life abroad is still life, So there are not really fun things going on sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, there can be a crisis. Maybe you have a burnout or a big issue at work. But also this is something people never really talk about. Like, But what if a crisis is going on in a country that you are in? Yeah. Like oh I know I'm all really, about yeah, it yeah I I bet you do like in Chile you have all the protests you know um what if and in Peru as well uh but what if like the pandemic is going on again yeah. or, or something else or war um well I'm not really talking about war in my course but you know <laughs> there there are certain things that no, but really the crisis has
0: with. a big impact and especially yeah. if you're let's say a foreigner living in another country that is going through crisis I mean crisis yeah. is something that is a situation that you cannot manage with daily routines exactly. so it has a huge impact yeah. yeah
1: exactly yeah so in there's a whole module about like what if things aren't going well also like yeah. dealing with loneliness and stuff so i i yeah i teach certain ways to uh, make you feel more calm there's our breathing exercises oh, there's wow. mindset work um so i really wanted to include a module on that as well because i just find it so important And then we're also talking about how do you go back home? Like, because that's probably the hardest part. Uh, How do you say goodbye in a profound way? How do you deal with an uncertain future if you don't know where you're going to be? Yeah, Yeah. and there's also a visualization uh, where you'll meet your future self who can act as your mentor. So you always have something to rely on um, no matter, again, where you go. So it's a really broad course that is not just about like, um you know the typical expat tips is really about you as a person and creating the best expert life for you and so it's a lot of mindset work but also like practical expat tips to make sure you like how do you meet friends where do you meet them what are good platforms uh so it's uh it's all about that and it comes it's an online course that you can do in your own time but it comes with an online community of three months um, where you'll meet other globetrotters who are in the same you know, boat as you, where you can connect, really connect at a deeper level and share your struggles and your wins and tips. And uh, live Q&A sessions where you can ask me in the community questions about you know, whatever you're experiencing.
0: Amazing. It, as you it can sounds... tell, I'm very excited. No, I can <laughs> I, I mean, you should see your face indeed. Like yeah. super, <laughs> no, but also mine. I've been smiling ever since. So I know oh. uh, it's extremely... Uh, i think it's fantastic that you took the initiative to for this to exist really oh, and uh no and the enthusiasm is clear so um yeah <laughs> so you're going to start it's going to be launched from the 1st of march that i we're starting I-
1: on yes uh in it will be up for um you know you can uh, purchase the course mid January, but we will start uh on the first of March. Yeah. Uh, we will have a kickoff session that evening as well, European time. Um the the sessions will be at different times and different dates. So several like so time zones can participate.
0: Fantastic.
1: Yeah and it's until the 31st of May.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Really, really really good. I will definitely uh put this in the show notes as well. Great. Uh, I want to ask you one final question, mm-hmm. if you allow me. Yes. Looking back at the younger Amanda, uh, what did you wish you would have known prior that oh. you know today?
1: Well, it's a really powerful question. Um, I wish for myself that you mentioned before that you had this confidence when you lived abroad. And for me, that confidence really came later. So I, you know, on the surface, I looked really confident, but there was a lot of insecurity going on and it was really, yeah, I I guess I would have wished for myself or what I sh- wished I would have known earlier was that it was that I could really believe in myself and my dreams and, you know, the weird things about me. Um, so I wish I, I had known that earlier that it was okay to really believe in myself and felt that confidence also and I've created it in the past few years and since then I've I've been really thriving it really feels that way um, but I feel like even though I achieved so many things it feels like I wish that uh, this was something that I knew earlier yeah
0: it's a very powerful answer as well thank, <laughs> thank you for your <laughs> vulnerability is there anything that we haven't touched up on that you feel you want to bring in? Um, No, I mean,
1: we. I really love this conversation. We had a, I loved about it. cultural differences, but also like, you know, the hard things about expat life that not everyone talks about or even is aware of at the time. Um I love talking to you about one of my favorite countries, Brazil, and (laughs) the things that you recognize from Latin America and moving back home.
0: So no, I think we we covered it all. It's cool. Thank you very, very much for your openness, your vulnerability, your enthusiasm. I, I really enjoyed this talk. Where can people find you? Well, mostly on Instagram because I'm always there. So yeah. you can find me there. At and Amanda. I love, I have to say that I love your Instagram stories. They're <laughs> highly, no, but they're, they're really, uh, entertaining and full of lessons and, and information. Oh, very, very good. You. Yeah,
1: I do. I do spend a lot of time in it because I just love Instagram and the connections like we met on Instagram as well. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I met so many friends and actually physical friends here in The Hague through Instagram. So if you are lonely living abroad or living in your own home country and you're hearing this, please use Instagram to make friends. It's such a wonderful platform, really, to meet like-minded people.
0: That is a great uh, tip. Great. Yeah. Tip.
1: And you can find me also on my website, um, amandamaximecoaching.com. And uh, there's also
0: a page about Expert Life School. Really, really good. I will make sure that all the details will be in the show notes. And uh, I want to thank you. Thank you for this, for your sharing your story with us.
1: Thank you, Gogo, for this wonderful
0: conversation. You're welcome. Keep in touch. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Thanks for listening to this episode and to the talk with Amanda. In the show notes of this episode, you will find all the details of Amanda, her soon to start expat life school, and of course, my own details. And considering the fact that I just started podcasting I'm extremely curious to hear your feedback and please keep in mind that you can give that feedback in the way that suits you best but if you want to learn more on what feedback means across cultures and what is constructive feedback for you might not be for me make sure to follow my podcast so that you get notifications once I upload that episode next week I hope to give you a warm welcome to new episodes. And if you have enjoyed listening to my podcast, you would help me a lot by leaving a review or hitting that five-star button on Spotify. This simply helps for my podcast to be found by others and to spread the awareness on cultural perception. But for now, I'm wishing you a great day, evening, night from wherever or whenever you're listening to this. Ciao!